Hello, this is Brainwash with Gerald. Podcasting from beautiful South Jersey. Brainwash, the podcast that cleans your brain. So I had all these plans. I was going to talk about why we got everything wrong about Shakespeare. So I had all my podcasts planned out. Um, You know, Hamlet first. It's a comedy. Othello, it's also a comedy. King Lear, absolutely. Uh, Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) Romeo and Juliet, I had planned to, to show you how to how I wanted to do a like a geriatric version where Romeo and Juliet are two elderly people. Um, and the funny, the funny thing is that if you do it that way, you read the text that way, you don't even have to change it that much. Uh, the parents nowadays speak the same way to their parents as they do to their children. It's interesting. Um, so then we did a, a trial, um, my son and I, and it was like, eh, whatever. It's not that interesting. Um, and then I figured, I had it all figured out. Oh, we we are all vessels for the virus. The virus has been on Earth ever since there was life. Maybe even before that. So the virus needed actual living cells to procreate not even to live to procreate to to further itself to spread itself and so my idea was to look at history from the perspective of the virus like um, like wars happen because the virus is dictating us to fight each other so they can spread quicker and faster turns out by the way that micro the microorganisms in our system we have like i don't know three pounds of microorganisms in our intestines not to mention uh, all the viruses and other um, cells in and out around our body i think we have more uh, viruses in our body than we have um, actual actual body cells believe it or not so these viruses, viruses, and these 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 microorganisms, they all have an effect on us, on our our mood, um, on our strength, on our intelligence, on our social skills. And so, in a way, you can assume that the virus is able to manipulate us, um, because the virus is a parasite. And there's actually in nature, there's actually adva- uh, examples like like so, like rabies, for instance. Rabies is an, an example of how a uh, how how this microorganism is able to 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 ch- alter uh, an animal's behavior. So the rabies infected animal wants to bite another animal in in order to spread in order to spread the um, spread the species. Um, so my my idea was to look at history from the perspective. Of the virus and I think that explains why we don't want to use nuclear bombs anymore because that kills the virus so something inside us tells us it's not okay to annihilate annihilate the entire world because that will mean the end of all the existence of all the uh, human um, bonded viruses anyway that <laughs> that was just um, the, then I realized that in order to make a podcast, it's not about big ideas. It's not about telling people how you think the world 
fits together. It's about making a podcast. It's like, what the hell do you, did you do today? Like today, uh, what, did I do, what, did, what did I do today? I, um, I have been working on a script, a movie script. Um, it's um, I'm gonna submit it to a to a uh, competition called the Script Pipeline. You pay a lot, pay some money for it, and then um, if you do well, people will bring it to the attention of agents and what have you, and maybe pitch it for you somewhere. And what I did this morning, I sent the script out to some people I trust and asked them to read it, and I'm waiting for their feedback. Um, the funny thing was that the the script is uh, the funny thing is the script is based on a series of stories I wrote for a website called the uh, Philly Soccer Page. It was you know the off season, um, nothing was going on, and I'm I think I met the guy in the bar. He was running the guy who ran the website. Also had a was also a bartender, and um. <laughs> I don't know. We just started talking, and you know how like people like Dostoevsky and Tolstoy, you know, and and even uh, Dickens, they wrote weekly um, columns in newspapers, and all those columns put together became novels. So um, my idea was to write a weekly column, so to speak, on this website about soccer. So my f- um, so what I did was I created a series called the Pine Barons Pine Barons League. It's still it's still on it on the Philly Soccer page, and it's basically it follows the uh, group of people, group of outlaws, so to speak, who are playing this underground soccer league in the Pine Barons, and uh, it's a kind of a King of the Hill competition. So when you win, you can get you get to the next round, and then someone some other challenger comes up, and and if you win, you keep going, and at the end, when you win the whole thing, you get I don't know how many, how much money. So the um, and <laughs> and then what I did was I I um, you know, being the educator, schooler, whatever you want to call it, as I am, I just made it into a um, soccer history lesson. So me being Dutch, I, I my team, the team I was writing about, was playing total soccer, of course. And then we played the Italians, we played Catanaccio, and the Russians, they played their system, and the Americans played their system, and the Germans, blah, 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 blah. And they all have like a, and they all have some sort of history behind their, behind their game. And, and, and I used that to, um, to, to, um, to describe the matches. And then basically the stories were descriptions of soccer, <laughs> fictional <laughs> soccer matches. And um, I thought the idea was brilliant, of course. I was like, oh, this is like Fight Club and soccer together. That's, this is like a movie. So I, I started working on a script. And um, I've soonly, soon I realized that you can't really show like 10 soccer matches in one movie. That doesn't work. So I figured, well, let's see. what, what, what How can we make this interesting? How can we make the stakes a little higher? And then... You know how these things go. One thing's one thing leads to another, and at the end, I had a script about this guy who works in the kitchen, who has a bunch of friends who have a team, who play underground soccer league, and they were asked by some Russian uh, gambling tycoon to represent um, <laughs> to represent the United States. By the way, this is not a COVID uh, cough. I'm. It's a high allergy day today, so excuse me. 
Uh, anyway, so the um, the uh, Russian set up a a game in the Pine Barrens between team of my character and um, and a bunch of Russians who would fly in, and um, and then he would broadcast it in mostly in 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 um, non European, non Western countries, and in and then in. Um, in casinos and bars etc., and uh, online so that people could bet on them and he was hoping that people in in china and uh, other asian um, casinos uh, would not realize that they weren't watching the actual national teams but they were watching people pretending to be at the same time at the same token he did want to have a good game so he has he he had a um, and and i have to say there's a lot of you know, amateur underground players who are excellent, excellent soccer players. Um, so the level of play was fairly high. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, me as a as a aspiring f- film writer, I wanted to bring the stakes up as high as possible. So what happened was at the moment supreme, at the end of the game, it was uh, 1-1 or 2-2 uh, overtime. The... Uh, the, the ref calls a penalty against the Russians. Oh, yeah, and then I forgot to mention that if they would win, they would get like a million bucks. And if they would uh, uh, lose, then um, the Russian guy would win a billion dollars. A billion dollars. So the game was rigged, right? So the, the, the it was a betting game. So the Russian guy wanted to, make, wanted, wanted to make money off the game himself. So he made sure that his team would win. He would win the bet. But he was talking up the Americans. A lot, so people would bet a lot of money on it, and then eventually he could hopefully run away with some some cash. And then he promised the Americans they would get lots of money if they would win, just to uh, just to fool them. And the Americans were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah we 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 get that, but we want to see the money before we play the game." And um, so he called it. He, they called his bluff, and he was able to get like a million bucks in a big hockey bag. Put it next to the sideline. It was all the ca- on the cameras. The whole world could could see it. And they started playing the game, and um, and of course, our our smart American friends came prepared. So they knew that the soft the they knew that the field was going to be soft. So they practiced on the soft ground for a few weeks so that their legs would be used to it. The Russians weren't used to it. They were used to harder turf. So after half an hour, it's like. They would feel like you run on the beach for half an hour if you have never run on a, run on the beach. It's gonna hurt. So they were hurting after half an hour and getting weaker and weaker. And of course, you know they, uh, the end of the end of the, of the match, the game is uh, it's tied. Overtime, those calls, um, and at the end, right before the end of the end of the game, Russians foul inside the 18 penalty kick. As a collateral, the Russian guy had kidnapped. The main character's girlfriend. So at the moment where he has to take the penalty kick, he is shown a picture on a phone, showing the girlfriend tied up, um, and saying, "If you score, she will die." So my idea was, you know, thinking only in plots to 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 um, create a a a, a, a um, catharsis, or so you will, where the guy has to make the choice between. Am I choosing the girl or am I choosing the game? And then, uh, and I would, I would envision, you know, couples going to the movies and the 
the women rooting for the girl and the men rooting for the for the guy and blah 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 blah. blah. So I send in that script to the uh, uh, pipeline people, and if you pay a little extra, they will give you some feedback. And the feedback was too much soccer. There's no emotional arc. There's no uh, character develop development. This um, it's, it's they said it's well written, but it's you it's written like it's a parody. You make it too ex- it's too extreme. It's too out too out there. People are never going to believe it. And so I read the script again. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I went. I carried. I got a little. I got a little carried away with the whole thing. So I basically dumped it, and I um, I dumped it, and I just kept the main character, put him in a different context. I figured it's a. It should be out. It should be about him. It should be about his his journey. And in the meantime, I had. Read read up about the uh, what they call the the hero's journey. You know how as a writer you always try to stay away from from methods and models and you know all that uh, conventions mostly. And then later on you realize how wrong you were to stay away from those conventions. Well, that well that was what happened to me when it came to the hero's journey. I was like, okay, yeah, this is it. And and then also I also realized that most movies are written according to that pattern. Uh, even movies like uh, I think I mean think about it. Even uh, Rocky or um, uh, Step Brothers or anything you can think of. Imagine the hero's journey as a circle, like a like a clock. Um, you can actually find it on uh, Wikipedia. On uh, if you Google hero's journey. So the idea is is basically that. Um, the story starts um, in a situation. Um, there is a uh, something that's that sets the action into motion, and that means the a main character can respond to it or not. So in the, it's a movie, so he will respond to it or she will respond to it. Um, and then from there, um, it will go from but they on the on the on the graph from the known to the unknown so the, for instance um uh, i mentioned step brothers right so step brothers is a movie about two brothers who have a um who 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 are forced to live together they're both 40 years old um and their parents they got remarried and the kids were still living at home so they had to go with them so before they were um living with uh, each other they were perfectly happy had their own lives their own hobbies whatever and now they had to adapt so they had to negotiate each other's space they had to negotiate each other's um uh wants and needs um at some and of course in the beginning there was fights and this and that and then they became friends um and then they started making trouble for their parents so they kicked him out and from it went from bad to worse and at some point they were literally kicked out of the house they had to find regular jobs like regular boring jobs they had to beg for their their families for for um to get a job and um and so they slow through all this conflict and 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 drama they they basically learned their lesson at the end of the film they were friends again but they also 
more adult, uh, more pleasant people in a way. While they were maintaining, able to maintain their own, you know, youthful integrity, to put it that way. Um, I mean, that's a very. If you have seen the movie, I think you will. Uh, you you understand this this little pattern, but in 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 fact, most most movies um, they use that same uh, tra- trajectory. Um, and if you think about it, um, if you think about life. Um, what makes life interesting is 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 change is uh, and change is hard. Change takes is going to take conflict. Uh, change is is uh, sometimes it's going to take fights, and uh, and in 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 most ca- in not every case you're going to end up on a better better in a better place. Um, so you have to um, pick your fights. I did the same uh, in my script. So the, my guy, in when I started in the original script, he was working in a restaurant and kind of had a crush on his boss, the one who got kidnapped later on. And um, so I put him in a different situation. I put him in a in a home where he is the stay-at-home dad and the uh, wife is the one who's working and he is depressed um house is a mess the kids you know the kids are 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 uh, eating junk food uh he doesn't take care anymore and then she comes home one day and she just snaps because she can't take it anymore she takes the kids away from him and um and he's left by himself and then he goes to uh and then it's on a soccer field He's also a kind of an asshole. He's one of those guys who are actually really good, but they don't never, never uh, play with other people. He just, he was always used to dribbling the ball, scoring goals. And the the teams he played for facilitated, they and they, they not facilitated him, they, they um, what's that word? Um, they were um, enablers. They enabled him to do that. And, and I've and actually, I've seen that. I've seen... Uh, coaching kids, I've seen how how parents parent coaches do that. Like one one kid can do something very well, and he does that um, into high school, into even into college sometimes. But when the time you come to the real world, you have to learn how to play the whole damn game, not just dribble and score goals. So he was one of those guys, and that's why he never he got the potential to become a pro, but he never got there because he was not able to to pass. Uh, the ball and or, did, or, or didn't want to pass the ball whatever so that was my um, uh, my morning this morning and then I um, went to the organic supermarket to pick up my um, my farm my vegetables pick up the vegetables oh um, and I had a good uh, conversation with a friend of mine uh, Jeff about making podcasts uh, which we both are trying to do um, we'll see how it goes from here on, and then um, and then about the newspaper, the New York Times, which I do infrequently. I'm um, I like to keep up with the news, uh, but then again, to the we the news today, uh, it's repetitive uh, and sad. Um, yeah. 
So the sad thing that happened was, uh, first of all, the sad thing that happened in the Netherlands um, a couple of days ago was that a whole group of surfers um, in uh, Scheveningen drowned. Uh, experienced surfers. They were teachers, actually. Some of them were teachers. They have been doing that for years. Everybody knew them. And because they, they drowned because there was so much foam floating on the on the on the waves that they couldn't uh, I think they just couldn't breathe um, when they fell off the board so if you imagine you're in the water and there's a layer of foam over your head you can't really breathe inside the foam it closes off your oxygen supply that's how I envision it anyway and then today was a horrible horrible picture on the front page about a uh, a bomb attack in in Afghanistan. They they bombed a maternity ward. Uh, they bomb. Uh, let me hear that say it again. They bombed a maternity ward. You see a a rescue worker holding a baby in his hand. Can you imagine? Imagine thinking, sitting with around with some fellow terrorists, and say, "What are we going to bomb tomorrow?" And they're going to go like, oh, "Let's bomb the maternity ward. It'll make an impression." Or maybe they made a mistake. I don't know. It's it's un- unbelievable. I mean, that's in in. Uh, The um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I was just thinking about that. It's just I just I just can't fathom it. Um, on the other hand, yeah, you have to um, you have to think about these things as to where they are, the absurdity of it. At the same time, I, I, what I said earlier, you have to put things in a historic perspective. And, and the, it's horrible what happened. It's horrible what happens elsewhere. But um, if you... I mean, not even think about it. Not even that long ago. Not even that long ago. Um, people were and I'm talking days not years people were are murdered because they're black um, or So you make a podcast and you're speechless. How does that work? Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think about. I'm not trying. I'm trying to f- say something sensible about this. I guess. Um, I would. <laughs> yeah. If you have if you have an opinion about it, please let me know. Um, th- there. Have you ever looked into 
the history of violence. Um, and then, so I'm Dutch, I'm European, so I've been looking, reading some books about the history of the Dutch. And um, and look at it from, from that perspective, violence, uh, repression. Um, uh, and we're, we were not strange to that, uh, just like everybody else. Um, the the whole our whole history is a is a is a freaking battlefield, if you will. There, the, I'm not only talking about slavery, colonialism. I'm just talking about back in in the early Middle Ages, where they were fighting each other, like the 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 people from what's now Holland, uh, in in the 1400s. Sailed over the the Zuiderzee, as they called it, side over the over the sea, couple of, uh, twenty thirty kilometers, to invade the province of Friesland, which is now part of one country, and they were there to to put down the law, and uh, and of course they didn't succeed because uh, even though it's a freaking small country, they figured. They weren't well prepared, and it was all, I don't know. They, they, why do people start wars, anyways? This is fucking stupid. Um, anyway, so they this they, what I'm trying to say is that they have been fighting each other for, for centuries, um, over Catholic versus Protestants, uh, different tribes, different colors, different cities. Um, even my grandmother was telling. About you know when she was young, and then we're talking about an early, early, early nineteen hundreds, nineteen fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, that there was the you know the annual market, and then the people from from Friesland were fighting the people from Groningen, and there were huge brawls, fist fighting. Um, it's the, yeah. Wow, it's I don't get I. I get it in a way. You know how 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 um, people like um, uh, Hariri, Yuval Noah Hariri is is comparing us humans to to chimpanzees. How he compares the social structure of our uh, hunter gatherers to the social structure of of current chimpanzees. And one of the things he said, for instance, that there's a you know a maximum amount. Um, the, the the group can the, the the group size has a maximum, so if if it exceeds a certain amount of number of people of individuals, it will split off and start another group. That's one of the things he said, and that's and that's the evidence um, shows that that is the case with our us being hunter gatherers because the every time they found a, a settlement, they could ex- estimate the the approximate size of the of the group and. They were never bigger than I don't know what's a one twenty five people individuals. And the same with the chimps, they have like their maximum is uh, I forgot what it was like maybe eighty ninety. But one of the things that chimpanzees do, and I'm assuming the humans did as well, is is they they have a first of all they have a leader of course, and then you have like the the second one second runner up who wants to challenge the leader. But in order to challenge the leader, you have to first challenge all the other people to to become the challenger. So all the Guys, the guys in the in the in the group are fighting each other, and then the strongest one is going to challenge the leader. That's good. that's what it was, and that's what to me what a lot of violence 
looks like. Like, look at the freaking Friday night football games. You see your, the best and brightest of your town fighting, butchering each other, and and under the under the eye of the, the adult males. So like, oh, good, good. Let's 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 kill, let's them let them kill each other because then they're not gonna go after our wives and daughters. You know, that's the that's what it's how it's <laughs> on a very basic level. That's how it how it looks like. Um, violence is an, is a it seems to be not only a way to get things. It's to me, it seems more. Uh, it seems to be a result of 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 impotence. I put to say that by impotence. So if you have an argument with someone and that person is doesn't want to listen and you don't want to listen to that person, and it is about you know like a parking spot for instance, um, and before you know it, you're out of words and you start beating each other up. To what avail? I don't know. Are you going to get a parking lot because you beat someone up? No, but you. Do you have to get it out of your system? Maybe. Does it make you feel good? No, you're gonna get you're gonna get hurt. Maybe you're gonna get killed. And and um Yeah. I I I get it. actually I get it. I do I have never done that. But I do know the uh the sentiment behind it, I can. You get everybody gets pissed at other, at other people, but I'm first of all. I guess I'm able to verbalize my my anger, um, f- <laughs> fairly well. So get out of my way. And second, when I I do get angry sometimes, mostly at myself, and I just kick the wall or whatever. That's not giving in very much, or yeah. And and those things that I'm not proud about, proud of, but um, I think we all have our own moments of frustrations and pain and what have you. Um, but violence in in history, it's just the 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 sheer um, size of it is just shocking. I think how much how much wars there have been. Um, and how vicious and and how vicious people were. I I was just watching a series on Amazon about the uh, what the death, the dead, the dead, the dead, uh, the bodies we find, what they tell us about history. So they these are all bodies who, who died sometime in the Middle Ages. And um, and one episode was about the Battle of Visby. Visby is on uh, in Gotland, Sweden. Um, the Battle of Visby, and this this is one of those things everybody should know. I'm guessing the Battle of Visby, uh, hundreds of people were were slaughtered, but the most the the, the exciting quote <laughs> between quotation marks for historians and archaeologists is the exciting part is that the people who were killed were thrown in a grave with their clothes on, with their armor still on. And henceforth, this is the only source we have for how armor looked like in the Middle Ages. And so we're talking about the 1300s. So it's interesting to look at. We have these uh, ideas of how people were dressed in the Middle Ages, and it was not like that at all, of course. Another thing that's not 
what's not uh, realistic, and especially I'm now referring to movies, is the way people fought. In movies, we always see knights, mostly knights, you know, with huge swords, ching, 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 fighting each other. But that's not how they fought, apparently. So they looked at the skeletons. They found hundreds of them, hundreds of skeletons. And they looked at the um, the bones um, in the legs. They looked at your bones and, and they, ev- not everybody, most of them had like cuts in the bone, five, six cuts on each side. So that meant that these people who were, who were wearing body armor, maybe a helmet and, and some sort of sword or a cl- maybe just a club or a spear, they were defending themselves against the Danes and the Danes hired German mercenaries and the only thing they seemed to have been doing was chop at the legs. That was the weak spot. There was no protection there. So imagine, you're fighting a war, people come in from whatever and with huge swords and they chuck, 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 chuck. They hit your leg, you're down and then your head goes off and take your helmet, take your sword, next um, and then, so that's how they conquered Gotland, which was at the time, and it's also a very interesting um, part of history. It was at the time a, a huge trading hub in the middle of the Baltic Sea. There was they found uh, goods from from all over, literally all over the world uh, there in Gotland. It, it was it was pretty amazing. Um, I actually made a reference in my Hamlet ep- uh, podcast I we made earlier about you know how. The Baltic Sea at the time was a huge uh, economic um, uh, factor and that people had to pay tolls to get into the Baltic Sea when they passed the, um, the Sand. And they passed a castle called Elsinore. Elsinore! Yeah, Elsinore. Um, but I'm not going to talk about Shakespeare. I'm not going to talk about... Um, on the other hand... Um, we're talking about violence. Um, if you look, <laughs> yeah, if you look at Shakespeare, look at Hamlet. My God, um, Bolognius, you know, he kick, he sees something moving behind a curtain and stabs him. Uh, right now, we would be like, <gasps> that's the worst thing that people can do. But in those days, oh my God, that would be the joke of the day. People love love that kind of stuff. Um, I, 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 we, people didn't die in those days. They just were bodies and they were on the way to heaven, so they didn't care. So um, it's another another thing that needs to be corrected, I'm afraid. So we I call this show a uh, brainwash because I think we have all these wrong presumptions about a lot of things, about mostly everything. And, we, um, and so the reason why I, I chose Shakespeare is because it's a fantastic example of how we can set things straight, how we weird. How we are wrong about um, basically about how we've been educated, how we've been conditioned. Shakespeare is comedy; it's not freaking drama. My God. Anyway, so we were talking about violence, right? So violence is the same thing. We have this 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 um, strange idea fed to us by movies, mostly, about how people behaved in the Middle Ages. Uh, you know, we talk about nobility, as if these people were gentle people. They were not. 
gentle people. They were freaking morons. If they, if you were a peasant and your daughter was cute and, and, and the Lord came by and he was like, oh, you give me your daughter. Then you had to give up your daughter. That's how it was. Uh, he, would have his, he would have his way with her, kill her, and uh, go for the next. That would that's that would be more normal than um, than, for instance, uh, a Cinderella story or something like that. Um, that was an exception. That was a fairy tale, literally a fairy tale. A prince marrying a commoner that never happened. That was the dumbest thing you could do. <laughs> Love. You know, Bacon said about love, he said love love is something that belongs on the stage. That's fantasy. Um, love, well, that's another topic, maybe for another show, but love, my God. Um, I mean, it's true. I mean, I'm. if you're in love, you're in love, but in, we have to have to think about how, how that idea has been brought to us, um, how we have learned to love, we assume we assume too much. We assume way too much. Was there any romantic love in the Bible where people fell in love? I mean, it was the love of God, um, unrequited love. There was, um, but like David and Bersheba, was that love? No, it was pure lust, and the the violence was not just against the enemy was also against ourselves the um of course there was you know the well known there was a continuous violence against the jews in europe and eastern europe um homosexuals gypsies um people who had a different different religion uh the anabaptist i'm i come to mind the anabaptists had this this uh, have this 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 stigma of crazy people were running around on the street naked promiscuous what have you and if you look into it if you look at it from an economic perspective and look at what the ideas these people had they were basically social democrats they wanted a fair and equal society between men and women they wanted to have a decent income and of course they've been they are being trampled. Because who runs the Middle Ages? Think about that. People own the land, the merchants, and the church. They run the Middle Ages. That's how how it was. And have we <laughs> have we progressed much? Yeah, I don't think so. We're just being run by other people. But my point was, uh, I was talking about violence. So violence, it's interesting to see how violence and technology go hand in hand. And um, and the climax of that whole process, that process which has started like from the beginning of life, the beginning of time, we always have hammered our each other's heads in that, that, that and it seemed... To find an apotheosis in in the Holocaust, the Holocaust was the most extreme form of of human mass murder ever ever happened in the world. It was obscene. About it, your your your. How do you take in your reality? You 
you look through a screen. Most people see reality through some sort of screen. The window, the car screen, your computer, your phone. <laughs> when was the last time you had a like a good conversation with someone? Uh, when was the last time you had a, you know, physical, I mean, we can't do that anymore, but like a physical contact with someone. Yeah. Weird. So how are we going to do, <laughs> the question of course is, uh, since we are in this, quarantine situation how how do we want to how do we want life to look like in 100 years or 500 years and what can we do about it what can we do about making life more valuable to our to our children and our children's children or do we just think about ourselves do we just do we just think about our own interest? Is it more important? Am I being pleased enough? I'm being fed enough. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't planning on making this such a heavy podcast. I wasn't planning on making this a I don't know. about sadness basically um, but the truth is that it's it's not a good time right now and we all are kind of um, suffering in a way some more than others but this fucking sucks this whole thing situation sucks and everybody is very well Capable, very capable of, of pointing at their fingers at people, but what it comes down to eventually, at the end is that we have to resolve this together. And um, and I'm hoping that that will lead to some other positive uh, positive um, developments. But uh, that's for the next. That's for the next podcast. Thank you for listening. This was Brainwash with Gerald. <laughs>